yeah, I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would ya? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a real boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. Oh, there she is. <laughs> there Kathleen she is. DeMarle, thank you for joining us on Death by Comedy. We are so happy to have you here. Uh, just while we were off air. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm Chris Walsh. And uh, with me is my good and great friend, Gary Peterson. Gary Peterson. Yes, perfect timing, Gary. Uh, <laughs> you guys were talking about intros and like uh, fudging up people's names and introductions. And you kind of got into it a little bit, which I love. Yeah. Uh, you want to bring us up to speed on the name business? Well, first off, I have a horrible memory. But second off, uh, I did a <laughs> podcast recording with Gary and Rob Crean, which went off the rails very quickly. Okay. Um, that's As just things a... are want to do with Creaney and the Gipper. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I posted the episode and I misspelled his name in the episode. <laughs> I misspelled Peterson. And Rick Canavan of all people messaged me at like 3 a.m. one night and he was oh, like, no. he was like, I don't think he's gonna know. Like he won't, he won't say it himself. Like he's not gonna yeah. tell you himself that he's upset with this. It's great. He's he's probably upset with this. You should change oh, it. Boy. That is not true. I would That's a great Rick Canavan, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a horrible. No, no, it is it is your it's a great impression and sentiment, which it's people weird. sometimes neglect, but that yeah. is a perfect He's that is kind of answer to you. And yeah. then he was like, he's like, he will hold this against you forever. Just know that. I, I, well, I should say that one of my favorite uh, Gary Peterson uh, sides is the vindictive Gary Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined, I mean, countless women's careers in this business, but I mean, men too. I don't discriminate, mm -hmm. you know, across the gender spectrum. Um, LGBTQ friendly with my vindictiveness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your days are numbered, Kathleen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, out of this business because Gary, of that. Gary, you're state. living up to your Unabomber look. <laughs> you you have to be misogynistic <laughs> just because you have the look. Exactly. Typical um, Gary. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, oh no, sorry. Go ahead, Gary. I asked the first question, please. We're getting our rhythm back. No, I, th I think this is good. Uh, Kathleen and I, we have a positive history of friendship together. Um, <laughs> I think we barely, we barely got to know each other as I was kind of exiting Boston a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And over the past few years, you've been in the scene, you've been doing it. Names been popping up. You have a fantastic podcast yourself. <laughs> Uh, which we want to plug at the top of the show because sure, we're sure. all on the same network. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not plug Dead and Mellow's <laughs> podcast is, network? Is this our first cross promo, Gar? I think it is. Wow. Hell yeah. Dead and Mellow, Dead and Mellow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my podcast is the Gimme Podcast. I talk about weird obsessions with people. Um, like our friend Gary over here is a bodybuilder obsessed person. <laughs> That's perfect. 
He does have a one of those attack dummies. Yeah. Yeah. I get a get new one. Kick. You haven't seen my new one. I get to grapple with it. He's ready to fight any YouTuber that comes after him. <laughs> exactly. Taking on Miranda. Um, but your your podcast is fantastic. I love it because it's it's a positive thing, and uh, you know we don't have so many positive things out there. You haven't uh, listened. There's one episode that's not positive because a man talks only about his divorce. Oh wow. <laughs> And how his obsession like got him through it, and it's like okay. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So yeah. then you know you just like yeah, that was an easy lift. You're yeah. like, so how's it going? And then you don't get a question in. It's just yeah. all. It was like 60 minutes of him just being like, "This music changed my life with my divorce." <laughs> oh wow! Was it like the the later work of Hanson? What was the music? Uh, but I'm gonna give away <laughs> who the person is. Oh, he's a vi- yeah. he's a, actually. I should, I'll say it because he's a nice guy. He did me a favor yeah, to yeah. do the podcast. It was John Reinman who oh, great. he I talked about Reinman. the bare, the bare naked ladies for an hour, yeah. which was fine. But like towards oof, the oof. end, it got sad. It, it was yeah. about his divorce and about how the music like helped him through it. And I was like, yeah. I just know one week. I only know that ch- 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 yeah. Chinese chicken song. <laughs> <laughs> which you, you had me at divorce. You lost me at bare naked ladies. <laughs> I just can't can't handle uh that da 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 you know like the white guy rap is is real tough. Yeah. And 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 that that's never made more sense uh than than Reinman just really into bare naked ladies with his like Panama jack hats that he wears on stage. It totally all makes sense now. Yeah. But but brilliant writer, incredible comedian. He's a uh, good very, guy. Very talented just guy. like yeah, we all have low points. Yeah, yeah. And it was nice to have him on. He talked about his time on Fallon, but like a little bit. But like at some point, I was just like, I don't think I feel this heavily about anything in my life. <laughs> um, but but that sounds like you know good radio. Like that's your podcast. That's what you're looking for. You really want folks who are into like heavy into random things right yeah like, how did the how did that podcast because i'm curious now how did it get started is there something that you're really into that other people don't understand yeah or? yeah this is gonna like really out me here but um i was really into horses okay all right and so they're like towards the probably in the last year I really was trying to find like the sounds tacky, but like find my voice in comedy. So uh-huh. I, I tried to like lean into more niche stuff about like horses and horseback riding and like all that sort of stuff. And so I just was like, Oh, I'm the right. horse girl now. Like I'm just like the friggin' horse girl. Yeah. People are going to like start neighing at me at shows. Mm-hmm. Anytime any comic sees a meme of a horse, they send it to me. I'm like, this yeah. is fine. Sure. Um, so I started the podcast because I thought about all the dumb shit I've done mm-hmm. f- involving this and then just decided to bring other people on to talk about stupid stuff they've done involving right. their like obsessions. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. And not just as the person who uh, possesses a horse face. I mean, I, I've been called a horse many times. Um, people mean, may and, and people neigh and nicker at me and i don't even have a podcast about horses yeah you're in um, good company with sarah jessica parker you know yeah, yeah. yeah a few my, of my exes you know they're great people yeah yeah <laughs> i'm they not communicate kidding. with hoof stops 
Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, I take it that you've been in comedy for just like a couple of years now, then if, if you say you're still trying to find your voice, like, is it something I, that's still relatively new or, um, I started back in 2016, 2015 okay. or 2016, right. but I think for a long time, I was just like, I have to do self-deprecating humor. And like, that right. was the majority of what it was. But then I realized that some of the more funny stuff is like the more, I don't know, the more specific you get into things. Yes. Um, And it was also jokes that like nobody else, like there's no, nobody else is a horse girl in Boston comedy right now. You know, it's an untapped market. I honestly can't, I don't know anyone who is really doing horse material, period. I, uh, I have a great horse bit. Okay. I will, I will tote that. All right. But I will not sure. do it here. There's some, yeah, there's some like Whitney Cummings is a horse girl, but like she doesn't right. really talk about it on stage. Right. And uh, Eric Charles Nielsen has a couple of good horse things uh, mm. that I know of. He's a former Boston comic as well. But, but it's that those are more like bits or jokes mm. or one offs. Like there aren't really huge chunks of material or. Nobody's going up and doing five minutes, no. which I can imagine at like, you know, you do your first joke and people are like, oh, that's a great horse joke. But I'm sure like as the jokes continue, the audience is like not right. expecting you to just do a whole set about horses. Yeah, so I, I would find that absolutely hilarious. And I think I, I wasn't at the point. It's not like I was doing 15 minutes on horses, but like I was like, <laughs> like that would be a lot. That would be too yeah. much. Nobody wants that. Um, but it was like sprinkling it in and, and I thought it was going well. I mean, I probably, to be honest with you, I would probably still be telling some of those jokes if I I could, but like now I'm just trying to redo everything. I'm not right. None of that stuff feels fresh anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course. And I think that is something we kind of touch on every once in a while here where it's, you can't just hang with the material that got you to where you are now you got to write new you got to work on the new thing otherwise you're just stagnant and Mm -hmm. i don't know a lot of comics who are doing the same old material five or ten years later it's kind of sad at a certain point you're just kind of like right here not (laughs) gary well i wasn't just going to come right out and say it but uh cut the shit gary gary we we all know your jokes you guys know lorena (laughs) bobbitt you know about her Uh, (laughs) um I can't stand my act either, Kathleen. Sorry, I cut you off, Chris. But it's it's been a year in isolation, so it's like yeah. some people yeah. are able to get out there on the you know some people are crazy and they're still performing live. Um, so it's going to take us a minute really to work on the new stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Definitely. 100%. I I think it's interesting that you you've kind of you're in this sweet spot of development with stand up that I remember like. I remember the the like four years in or five years in was like that's the Patton Oswalt had some quote about like that's when you start to know your voice and stuff if you're really working hard mm-hmm. and I was like all right four years and then I got four years in and I was like I don't know shit and yeah. I felt yeah. unfunny and inconsistent and yeah. still bombing consistently just not learning from my mistakes which is my own fault but I was a kid you yeah. you've really like been able to adjust and do well on not only I've seen you do well live uh, in, in live shows, but um, in this zoom medium now, you know, the online stuff. So I, I guess my first, like, you know, uh, a death by comedy question here is with like the, the hellishness that involves these types of worlds. 
Yeah. What's the worst Zoom show stuff or online show you've been involved with? The worst, a- the worst online show I've been involved with, oh, excluding yeah. Gary's. Excluding yeah. Gary's. Okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't done a ton of Zoom shows just because they're so awkward. But I did a Zoom show probably about like six months ago. It was at, it was a comedy studio Zoom show, and it was a really good lineup. It was like me, Emma Willman, Drew Don. Like it was like a it was yeah, good um but somebody was watching a football game in the background <laughs> and they had and they had it it wasn't it wasn't rick it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was some rick old couple like sitting on their couch because <laughs> you could see them because their screen was on and their box yeah. kept lighting up and you could hear like touchdown indianapolis or something <laughs> And Perfect. so then, then you also are getting feedback when like other people's mics are still open. So it's just me telling my joke and then get getting feedback of my own joke, but also mm. hearing this football team play. And um, I didn't do a Zoom show for a long time after that because I was just like, this is not, it's not that enjoyable. Yeah, mm. it's interesting because there's, you know, it's like, I guess I really hadn't thought of it until now, but it's like when you're in front of an audience, the conversation is with like a group of people. And then the yeah. Zoom show becomes a conversation between either two people or, you know, like when you do, like one of the things I do like about doing, you know, Gary's, it used to be co-host to co-host. I don't know if it's still called that because Gary's now on the other co-host, but um you, you know, everyone's windows open, they're able to talk and you're able to converse and it feels more natural because people can chime in if they want. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll sing along with the music or they'll, you know, but, but when you're doing a regular Zoom show, a lot of the times it's like you're almost having a conversation by yourself and it, it feels like a closed off room. I, I'm like you, I haven't done very many Zoom shows. I, I have a hard time, unless I'm doing a character which is why I tend to just do the ones where people are like, Hey, can you come do this character? Mm-hmm. Because my standup, like I, I already feel a little, um, I never really grew out of the sort of touchy standup thing where I'm like, this is me. This is raw. I'm scared. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I need to get past all that. And I was working through it right pre pandemic. And now I'm stuck in this like cave and just talking to myself on a zoom is just so uncomfortable to me. Uh, and it's all seems, most of it seems like a nightmare. Uh, yeah. I could, I could, I don't know. I think I'd welcome someone watching a football game. Cause then I would just have an excuse and I'd be like, Hey, you know, I mean, to, we to all do have... like, almost like when someone heckles you. Yeah. And we all yeah. have stuff going on in the background. Like I probably had my 600 pound life on mute in the background. Like that's <laughs> what I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. It's your pre-show ritual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you it's on a lot it's on a lot and it makes me feel better about myself okay so like it might be on but um i'm also like muting it and i'm not it's not actively loud and then the thing i forgot about this show was my dad saw me tagged in a post on facebook for it and sent and sent it out to like Uh all of his relatives and he was like (laughs) kathleen's gonna be on this show everybody should go watch yeah. Which is great, but also at the time I was working on a bit where I was talking about a, gr- a bunch of men that couldn't get it up in bed. <laughs> and I was like, this is what I need my conservative uncle to hear is me talk about like broken penises. Yeah. Like, so I had to tell my dad to like unsend the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> 
unsend it. You can't unsend it. I think I'm pretty sure conservatives have uh, broken dicks just like the rest of us. But um, yeah, it is fu- it is funny when I say great. I mean, in a death by comedy, like the reason we kind of started our podcast is because we revel in those bad moments. You know, mm-hmm. actually, the conversation Gary and I had, I think, on last week's pod or two weeks ago last week, I can't remember which one was about our family coming and watching us perform and how awful Ooh. that is and how sometimes you get criticized by your family or they have these ways of telling you they didn't like something with while still being nice maybe you know yeah did that so happen? to me that's like the perfect yeah what ended up happening did anyone pop in nobody popped in on that but i will okay. say that uh my mom every time she likes to watch a show she gives me a a grade as if it's a class oh yeah okay so is your mom a teacher or is this just something no, she's no just <laughs> not a horse trainer fe- nope just <laughs> feedback just feedback okay. um always she always gives me a b plus okay wow Ooh. wow have you ever asked your mom about her grading system or and i asked and she's like well there's always room for improvement oh well it's <laughs> it's uh that's a complicated answer <laughs> have you have you asked her for unpack. this feedback or is this unsolicited Oh, it's like usually unsolicited. It's like you did pretty good. Like B, B plus, you know, room for improvement. Wow. Yeah. And then she'll like uh, compare me to everybody else in the show. She'll be like, you were not as creepy as that one guy. You had better stage presence than so-and-so, but like his jokes, like they love Peter Martin. Yeah. (laughs) Peter Martin's got an A in their book. That's great. You should start grading your mom at B pluses. Oh god! Give her yeah, feedback on her feedback. Yeah. yeah. Your parenting is like a C minus at best right now. <laughs> she would love that. I guess. Uh, here's a question. We don't. We tend to not. It's funny. We don't tend to not talk about the pandemic too much in terms of comedy. We tend to talk a lot about before. But I guess I'd like to know if there are any shows you're really looking forward to performing on once this is over are there any shows you really miss like for me the old studio was the best um is there something like that that you just kind of can't wait to get back to like everybody get vaccinated real quick so we can get out and do this one show um i don't know if there's necessarily one show i will say that i miss um going to shows in portland maine like i always okay. enjoyed going yeah, yeah this, likewise yeah there's this room called lincoln's which is like okay. low ceiling mm-hmm. secret bar it's like always packed they always do a good job um so i miss rooms like that i also miss the studio like even the new studio i i that was like my general yeah. hangout spot and that just happened by default. I think I just went to the old studio so much that right. when they moved, I was like, well, this is like my home club. So I'll just like hang out here. And yeah. Yeah. It I, always had that yeah. great feel to it out, out here. I mean, I'm living in Los Angeles and it's, that was one of the things that struck me when I moved here is people hung out so much in Boston. And that was such a part of the community and just doing comedy in general, like on a night off, you would just go out and go to a show and hang out and see your friends and watch them perform and maybe give them, a note or two or hey that you know that joke you did you know you forgot the part you did last time or whatever yeah. in LA it's like people just perform and then split you know they're like I'm gone like even if they don't have anything going on they're like I don't want to be here I don't want to be at yeah. the improv I, I mean I, I see pros and cons to the improv <laughs> I see pros and cons to both though because 
now if I go back, I probably will do less of the hanging out because I feel like some of the hanging out is just people being dramatic and like stirring the pot. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, spill that tea. No. Gary, (laughs) Gary, you started all this. Um, this is Gary. You guys know what I heard about Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. He's he's a horse boy. (laughs) Um, I, I, yeah, that small town scene drama stuff took, I think it's like when you start in a small city that's, that's, you know, development city, you know, that's not New York or LA, Uh you can kind of learn how to navigate the politics of just everyday high school bullshit drama that comes up. Um, but you can't help but be caught up in it. And sometimes uh, I think uh, this, this kind of goes into a question I wanted to ask you is like, when you're, have you been a part of a show where you've seen um, some sort of like, cause Boston, I know everybody knows everybody been a part of a show and something between people on the show is going on. Something that's affecting. Oh, this oh. is classic. I love this topic. Oh my God. Well, I'm thinking of an open mic that um, I'm not going to name the comedian, but there was a comedian who was dating another comic and that, and then he cheated on her. Oh no. And they both, and then she started dating a non-comedian and brought him to this open mic. A sissy. Yeah. Yeah. A civilian. So the cheating comic went up and was like, I cheated on this bitch oh. and blah, 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 blah. Wow. And then she went up and was like, I got cheated on. And, blah, 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 blah. and then like over the course of the next couple of weeks, this just kept happening. It was at Sally O'Brien's open mic. And then that female comedian broke up with the civilian that she kept bringing. And then he started coming to the open mic and being like this bitch like how dare like then he started doing comedy to like piss her off wow this is unbelievable that's amazing and you're just like sorry no no go gary just caught in the middle of the audience doesn't give a fuck they just want to watch the show yeah yeah it's like i came here to see comedy not mari povich I hope that reference doesn't date me. No. Oh, it did. You didn't want to say Donahue? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know references. (laughs) But but like half of you like feels bad and then half of you is like, you shouldn't date a comic. Like, you know, (laughs) jokes are going to be written about you. Like, don't, why are you doing this? Absolutely. I love a funny person, but I still, you know, that's, that's the thing. You just gotta be like, nope, business. This is business. I will say that um, I was thinking back about bad shows I've done before, and it kind of relates because I did a show in Maine. It was like mm-hmm. a four-hour drive. I was featuring for somebody who didn't have a car. It okay. was a Saint. It was a Saint Call Patrick's Day show. Sick. Nice, oh, timely. Yeah, and. Um, Two months prior to this, I had matched with this person on Tinder. Even, I just right swipe the on any- The person you were going to give a ride to? Yeah. I mm. right swipe on anybody I know because I just think it's funny. Yeah. And this this person stood me up. Oh. Ooh. 
So wow. I, so I knew, and like we had addressed it and he apologized. He was like, were they, were they headlining this gig? Yeah, they were headlining. Okay. Okay. Good person. Like not yeah. a bad person, but right. his apology was, um, well, I also slept through my spot at McGreevy's. So I hope it's okay. Wow. And so and by, by stood up, you mean you went to a place waiting for him. I went show. to a bar that was like two doors down from McGreevy's that we were supposed to meet at for dinner. And then he was supposed to go to a show after. And he claims that he like took a nap and slept through all of it. Wow. So then like two months later, we've talked about it, but like yeah, I yeah. now have to give a four hour drive ride to this person. Yeah, right. Like a couple of days before he's like, is it uncomfortable if we ride together? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, how are you going to get up there? He's like, I, I mean, like, I could take a bus. I was like, there there aren't buses that go that to, like, bumfuck nowhere. Insanity. So we're driving up there, and conversation is going fine. We're not talking about this. And then, like, 45 minutes into the ride, he's like, I think we need to address it. <laughs> Too far to turn around. I was like, what? <laughs> this is he incredible. He was like, we need to address, you know, the incident when I stood you up. And I was like, I'm fine. Like, I'm past it. And he was like, let's unpack it. <laughs> oh, no. And then we both bombed. We both ate shit. It was a horrible show. Neither of us should have been booked in this blue town. This is like, incredible. It- and then we had to drive four hours back. It was fantastic. That's in- that is, uh, I think that, Gary, I think that might take the cake. I, I don't know if there's a worse scenario than to sit in a car for four, eight hours, eight yeah. hours. It's like four and, hours up and four hours back. And double bomb. Yes. So tell, tell us a little bit about the show. What goes down when you get there? What's the venue like? Give us a little did he, detail. Did I he ask the, you to sell love... his merch? Did, <laughs> I, like did he ask you? No, no, no. He doesn't have merch. He, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've known Tony Moschetto for 40 years. He's never (laughs) once cut an album, burned, like, made a shirt. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not Tony. I don't know who this is. So we drove up there. It was in Auburn, Maine, I want to say, which is like a very blue like it's a it's a town that has just like a lot of blue collar workers mm-hmm. it's saint patrick's day so like the venue had so it was this venue called house of bacon okay perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what the restaurant was can, called can you before you move on can you just repeat that sentence out loud <laughs> what the venue it. was called house can of just, bacon can, can you just clarify i want to make sure my ears heard it yeah that's yeah, that's what it was called. Everything had bacon in it. This is great. Uh, hi, yeah. Um, may I have a uh, wedge salad, but hold hold uh, all the whatever meat products are in there. Uh, no. Yeah. We can't so, give you something without bacon in it. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. It was a bar that had a burlesque club attached to it. Okay. Good. Wow. Good combo. Obviously. Bacon and boobs. Happily yep. <laughs> named. Uh, I think before it was called House of Bacon, it actually was like a D&D themed bar or something. Or like, can, anyway. Wait a second. Can you, so can you specific. 
can you imagine being a burlesque dancer and having to tell friends like i'm dancing tonight like where are you how's the bacon that is so <laughs> that is so demoralizing oh god and the, yeah. are you dancing? <laughs> the booker's like the nicest guy so it's like nothing on him yeah so he books me and this headliner who's like still a he's a good friend of mine now we've gotten over yeah. like this whatever um and it was a show where you had to pay like 20 bucks to go it was their only show that was ticketed because it was on a holiday mm-hmm. and uh there was a girl who was from maine that opened the show and then i was supposed to do 15 minutes mind you like the majority of my material is about how i'm like a two-man job and <laughs> and like like self-deprecating humor and mm-hmm. like stories about dating basically yeah the entire audience is all like the it looks like a biker bar it's just all these like rough guys <laughs> mm-hmm. all these guys that like work with their hands they're like steel workers and like here i am complaining about how i don't know like i can't like walk my dog or something like that um, so I, I eat it and then the headliner goes on. Um, and right at that moment, the headliner goes on, there's a, there's a group of people in the back that are just talking so loudly and, and nobody says like, guys, you gotta be quiet. You know, like you've paid for the show, please keep it down. And they're like heckling and they're being real problematic. And the headliner, not the type of person that should be headlining this room either. Like also very like Cambridge and uh, he did not do well. And right after he got off, all of a sudden this table got their, their food, which I assume had (laughs) bacon in it and they shut up. And so like the whole show was just a waste. I got paid like 30 bucks probably. And then the maybe, (laughs) and then the headliner got, I want to say he probably got like, 200 100 or 200 bucks so he threw me some money but right. like then you Which gotta is only sit, right yeah then you gotta sit in a car for four hours and you have to think about like your choices that you drove round trip eight hours mm-hmm. to bomb and also talk about being stood up in a car you know yeah. and and it's a holiday where it's like all your friends and people that you know are like wow you're around boston for saint patrick's day that sounds fantastic mm. and you're like yeah well i'll be in auburn maine in a car and a bacon yeah. bar yeah <laughs> hopefully Jeez. they threw in a bacon sandwich i think or... we got jalapeno poppers no <laughs> not even the bacon <laughs> there was ba- they were bacon wrapped jalapeno okay. poppers yeah <laughs> everything's wrapped in bacon yeah Wow. Uh, wow. That is, uh, that is amazing. That's incredible. Um, I, I, I tend to think that any trip you make to Maine is s- somewhat similar. You're driving hours and hours to perform to, you know, a bunch of like steel mill workers or like paper mill. It's all mill workers. Somehow yeah. they're still, still all mills in Maine uh, yep. with awkward conversations sprinkled in with someone you never drive with. That's, yeah. That's pretty much Maine, except except for like you were saying earlier. Earlier, Portland's a nice drive. Yeah, That's Portland's quick, and it's a different crowd. It's a younger crowd mm-hmm. in Portland. It's a little yeah, bit it's more a little mixed. Hipper. Yeah, I'll I'll do two moves to recommend that I think everybody should know. Great. When you're when you're when you have to work with someone that you maybe don't like and have to spend a lot of time with, and you're you have to drive, 
bring somebody else, bring another person <laughs> that you're like, because yeah. if you're going to spend a lot of time in a car, your, your energy and like your excitement for the gig and everything is just going to be like, be holding on to yeah. a, a candle as a, I try to traverse a, you know, a, a wind Gary, is that why it's always me, you and your grandfather? <laughs> what the fuck? You, you neutralize it, Chris. Yeah. No, you're, you're, the, you're the, the, the cooler. I was like, no, no, he loves you. He's like, huh? <laughs> um, that, that is, I mean, that is such a hard deal. You had, you had one more, one more move. You said two moves. One, oh, bring someone bring, with you. Was... Bring a person. And then if you really don't want to be with the person, be like, yeah, I'm staying up there for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> People have said stuff like that to me. And I'm like, oh, it's me. Like, I'm the bad ride. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It sounds like you got a lot of great stories. I, I would like, I would be fine with listening, hearing about horses for eight hours personally, but I'm just one of those people. I don't know. Can enough. We... I don't have. Yeah. I mean, Chris is, is just right about the horse. I mean, I'm curious too. Chris, what? do you have a horse gig related question that is burning in your heart? Cause I yeah, is there, two. what's your, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. Is has there ever been a situation seen as how you're now kind of becoming known as a horse comic? Oh. Has there been a gig that you've performed in an equestrian no. situation and or your dream gig? Oh, dream gig. Uh, there's no, I haven't done any equestrian related okay. stuff. Okay. Would love to look if yeah. there's a, if there is an equine person out there listening to this <laughs> book me, um, <laughs> dream gig that is like so hard to answer i would but i i mean i would love to do although i don't love the horse community to be honest okay. with you all right give us <laughs> give us a little bit on, on that what's what's so wrong about the horse community oh man your potential you're shunning your potential fans mind well you. i am i am shunning my potential fans um there's a lot of pretentious people out there in the horse okay. community. Uh, right. It's, it's. I mean, you know, it's, Good to a, know. Mix, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. But if I was asked to do like a, a country club gig at a polo club, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about horses. Why not? Of course. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think it's an interesting, I, I think one of the ideas I had for you just now is that you could have, you could do a, um, comedy show slash petting zoo which could be kind of a fun marketing thing right horse and pony show where um people come see you perform or maybe you could do the rides pony rides first comedy show not a bad idea i don't think it's kind of a you know, multi multimedia like, yeah it's like kind of like goat yoga except with horses yeah or people get to sit on horses maybe you'd need you'd need more ponies for this one you but they could sit on the ponies why you do it why everyone's sitting around on like saddles uh, i got a quick story about a saddle this is a little uh little off topic but my brother hates it when i when i used to perform my brother uh you know a while back but he hates uh anytime anyone brings attention to his birthday so he just doesn't like like people saying happy birthday or knowing, you know, whenever his birthday is going to be. It's just a thing. He's like a curmudgeon. Yeah. And my mother took him to I think it was like Lone Star Grill or something. And they uh, she told him she's like, it's his birthday. And she told like the staff. And then at the end of the meal, they all kind of did that thing where they're like they come around and they all clap, you know, mm -hmm. and they're like, hey, 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 whatever the fuck they do. And then a happy birthday, birthday. And then uh, 
they bring over on uh it's on wheels it's a saddle on like a like a thing of wood you know oh you know what i'm God. talking about it's yeah. like a it's like a yeah. stump with a saddle on it with little wheels on it and they have a have it on a leash and they pull <laughs> it over and they like wheel it over and then the, the guy leans down to my brother he's like hey get on the saddle meanwhile my brother's in like his 30s you know so he's like get in jesus and my brother's like i'm not getting in that fucking thing and the guy's like we'll embarrass you he's like i'm already embarrassed and uh and he's like come on you won't get in the saddle and everyone's there going around david just folds his arms i think he walked out oh um, but it was classic and i personally i love shit like that i love when you know other people get embarrassed it's the best um <laughs> That's but you know so they used funny. to have those bars maybe you could go you know some sort of maybe do a show in a cowboy themed bar everyone's got to sit in a saddle yeah. i don't know i'm just spitballing here. or actually i fun... would yeah actually now that i think of it i would love to do a roast of other okay. notable horse people that's what i would do i would okay. do you know all right yeah that's fun yeah why not i i like the you could we... you could call it the glue factory <laughs> okay there's a uh, show locally <laughs> called the glue factory oh okay that's and too I bad took a f- i took too offense bad. Licensing to it issues. yeah i took offense okay to you it. did did you go down there and pick it like what happened no uh, i was take just offense? well because they were taking my brand from me uh-huh <laughs> but understandable. it's a shit i mean too. It, the bar's probably gonna close down so it's fine yeah, or it probably already has yeah <laughs> well I'm gonna lighten the mood okay, with great. Uh, this question. <laughs> it's uh, it's unfortunate, Gary, that you want to lighten the mood on death by comedy. Everything's dead. <laughs> Everything's dead. Yeah. Business and people. Everything's That's dead. That's true. I know. We don't uh, want that. <laughs> it's it is what it is. Um, have you? So you? Uh, this is a two-part question. You competed with horses in some way or regard, mm-hmm. like jumping fences type stuff, right? Mm-hmm um can you and it doesn't have to be comedy horse related but you remember those what were those awful gigs that you had to do because you can't just sign up for one you have to like don't you have to qualify and like i don't know how it works so i was on an equestrian team in college so we would go to like local meets on the weekends and um I was probably the most embarrassing person on my team. Like I was just like, I won team spirit award for four years in a row. Cause I was just like <laughs> a complete maniac. Um, and I was also like, the thing you probably don't know about horse girls is that the majority of people that actively ride horses are very thin and I'm not the thinnest person. So like I have ripped my pants at horse shows and like, they were just like, yeah, you ripped your pants from ass to crotch, but you still got to ride. Like we can't fix this. There's nobody else that has pants your size. Just get out there and go. Um, I broke my neck in college. So yeah. So there was a whole semester where I was just like in a neck brace at horse shows, just like walking around. I wasn't competing, obviously. That is absolutely wild. Yeah. There's nothing better for team spirit than a neck brace at the horse competition. Well, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the thing was, is like, so I broke my neck on a Tuesday. I waited three days to go to the hospital. I went to the hospital on a Friday. There was a horse show on Saturday. So I showed up. My 
instructor had no idea I broke my neck. So he wow. like turns around and he's like, you just hear him across the arena. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cause I looked like a giant toe. Like I just had this yeah. like, this. it was so bad. I had this flesh colored soft neck brace. Right, I'm and familiar. My, my brother used to keep one in his backpack cause he thought it was funny. Why? Um, we used to well we just used to wear them like we would put it on and like go into like in and out burger i don't know it's just kind of funny to have one of those things on when you're, you can skip the line they, yeah they look goofy yeah they're just kind of a funny thing one time he somebody hit him and he was on his bike and they hit him with their car and he reached into his bag and he pulled out the neck brace and the person started to have like a panic attack oh, <laughs> they were like oh this guy's used to this but it was just like a joke. My brother's like, yeah. don't worry, I'm not going to sue you. It's, I'm just kidding. But um, how long is the recovery process on something like that? Uh, they initially told me it was six weeks, but I also had a doctor who was anti-horse. Um, he the, was like, he the, basically said that I should quit and never pursue it again. Uh, so I don't think he gave me the correct, because my I had a friend who broke her neck in the same exact spot. Wild. And, and only went to the hospital because of my injury. And she was in a neck brace for like two months. And then it took her an additional three to like slowly get out of it. My guy was just like six weeks, take it off. You're good to go. Yeah. And my, yeah, my you, yeah, sorry. No. And my, my neck was like, no, this is not right. But Jesus. Oh, well. So when you broke your neck, cause this is like a fascinating, it, it also sounds like my nightmare like getting your neck broken like that's that's a threat that my mother made towards me for my entire youth yeah. um like i was always getting threatened with a neck broken neck by my parents but what so was it you would go over jumps and you fell off and landed directly on your head how did this happen so i was riding a horse uh, uh-huh. named bella who was not a nice horse apparently okay. not a bella mm-hmm. yeah. uh she threw me directly into a wall um after we landed off a jump and i went i just like went flying head first into the wall my helmet Jeez. my helmet cracked in half but i didn't wow. know it at the time um and i blacked out but I, you know i came to and i was like coherent i could answer the question so i just got back on the horse and just uh-huh. like finished the lesson because I was Wild. just taught, I was like, you're stubborn. You have to be, you have to like, that saying, get back on the horse is like a hundred percent true with people yeah. on horseback ride. You got to show that horse who's yeah. boss. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I was like, well, the next couple of days I was like, well, my neck kind of hurts. Like there's shooting pain going down my arm. Um, and so I finally went to get x-rays and they strapped me to a backboard and they're like, yeah, we think you broke your neck. And then I broke, it turns out I, I broke my neck and my, my hand, my finger was broken too. Oh. Um, yeah. This sounds terrifying. Also just like a vindictive horse. They, they literally like they'll buck and kind of throw you off. Right. Like yeah. A... Yeah. And the universe, well, the team got rid of that horse. I think they were concerned that we were going to like sue or something, which I wasn't going to sue, but they were like, we should just protect ourselves and like get rid of this horse that broke our rider's neck. When you say get rid of the horse, what is that? They didn't send it to the glue factory, Gary. (laughs) They didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, They just, they donated it to a nonprofit. (laughs) Prison. Okay. All right. Horse therapy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've, oh. I've, there's a great movie. I want to say it's like, I can't remember the name, but it's about prisoners who do horse therapy. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I feel like that could be a hellish gig because uh, you, you have ketamine on site for horses. <laughs> Why does everybody assume that there's ketamine all over the place at horse barns? It was in the movie. That's all I know. <laughs> and it became part of the story. But, um, you know, if you're if you're involved with like prisoners, they get involved with horse therapy, apparently like are less likely to be repeat offenders to actually rehabilitate and mm. you know they, they help like break these wild horses across the plains in places like california and then the horses get sold at auction once they're you know kind of broken in yeah but would, have you ever th- what is a horse whisperer and could you do it <laughs> is my question <laughs> i thought we were going to talk about bombing on stage no uh a horse whisperer well, I was a working student for a while, which means that I retrained off the track thoroughbreds. So horses that were race horses that were being like rehomed into new environments. Um, and really that is just being a psychotic 20 year old who's willing to ride creatures for free and just like deal with whatever <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well back into the bombing. Uh, do you have, I guess this is a, this is a sort of the classic death by comedy question but do you have a a a worst bombing story is there like a number one that you can recall that just like worse than all the others in some fashion or another the worst gig yeah yeah Yeah. open open so when i first started I thought getting into any comedy festival was a big deal. Like I didn't <laughs> realize that there were like <laughs> levels of shitty comedy festivals. Right. Uh, so I got into a comedy festival. On the, it was the Charm City Comedy Festival, which is okay. like, it, which is like an F level festival. Okay. Like if you pay the twenty dollars, you're probably going to get in. Right. Um. And it's in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. And so I got into this festival. I was like, maybe like a year and a half in. I asked a couple other people about it. They were like, it's not the best, but like, congrats. You know, nobody wanted to tell me the truth. So I book a Spirit Airlines flight down there. That's the first mistake. Yeah. Because apparently at the time, Spirit Airlines had, uh, their pilots were on strike. So I... (laughs) (laughs) some picket line crossing yeah, so you'd, be, you'd be better off taking a horse yeah <laughs> so like i'm running late for the gig um because i was flying out the same day as the show the mm-hmm. show was at like 10 o'clock or something okay. and i was only booked on one show at this festival um and there was another comic on the festival that was from boston who it was absolute garbage to me. He was like, you should never travel in the same day as your gig. Like, how dare you? Mm. I was like, okay, dead air Dennis, like pump the brakes on this. <laughs> um, so like I rush, I get, I get to the, I get to my hotel. I like find somewhere to eat. I get over to the venue and it's like this small bar upstairs. And, uh, and and so like the room holds like 40 people so i'm like great like this is fine like 40 people this is gonna be great and then the show starts and they're like oh okay everybody that's a ticket holder for the 10 10 p.m show like you can come in and check in and uh and and no uh, like nobody came in like 
Oh, that's brutal. I think there were like four people in attendance and Mm. I was somewhere in the middle of the lineup. And, um, when I get nervous, I kind of have a tendency on stage to start sounding like Paula Poundstone. Like that's the (laughs) only way I can explain it. It's like this shoulder pads start to grow right. in and yeah jacket. like right. i'm like telling jokes instead of like laying it, down on like, stage like the it's just not gr- like yeah it's great for her but like it's not not my ideal situation so i am just like eating a dick and then in the middle of this show there's only four audience members a man literally falls asleep oh boy <laughs> He just like kind of like conks out and then he starts like snoring a little bit. And I was like, this uh, is it. Like the, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm yeah. so done. Yeah. And then I, I went home to my hotel and had like soft shell crab and I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, well, I might as well get the crab from room service and uh, run up a yeah. bill. And that's this, outrageous. Yeah. When it's so aggravating to hear this again and again on this show when people are talking about comedy festivals festivals mm-hmm. that say like we're gonna put make make our friends that are in the industry see you finally and there's a mm-hmm. competition that money and you're gonna come from all over and we'll let this be and they put one show together for you mm-hmm. just one yeah and don't get paid for it so you're just in the hole and then they just kind of drop the ball on promoting or whatever the reason is that room is empty. Yeah. It's like, you couldn't have fucking thrown me like an extra show just in case this one sucked Mm -hmm. or set this up. And I I also felt like at that particular, that year, they had headliners, but they were all local talent, but they had all these other people that were traveling in that they gave less time to. And I know that year Janet McNamara also did the festival. And so then the next year, Janet and I just went on like a rampage where we were telling everybody publicly like not to apply. Oh, great. Don't apply. This festival sucks. If you need advice, like message us, don't do it. Because you weren't, you didn't even get like a food voucher. Yeah, good for you. You're you're doing a public service for people, for comics, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's, I really feel like, you know, most of the festivals I've ever done, like, and I've been fortunate enough to do some good ones. It always felt more like I was going to hang out with my friends. Yeah. Than the exposure, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, you go to the, when they used to have the Bridgetown Festival or, you know, the, I mean, the Denver Comedy Festivals, the, you know, Mile High Fest or whatever, they're, they're great. They pack rooms, but it's more about the com- the camaraderie. They're getting to see you guys if I go. And I know Gary's got a few stories about that where you get to meet people, get to know them. And then in the future, you have this sort of connection. And you go, oh, remember that time we hung out at the, you know, the, the pool bar or whatever the hell we did. It's yeah. more like this, this connection that you have with other comics. It's sort of more, I think the good ones kind of tend to be a celebration of comedy mm-hmm. rather than a it's more than just the shows like you get to meet people and do all that sorts and I've had some of those experiences but my first festival I was just so excited that I just had blinders on I was just like oh my god I got picked for this thing (laughs) and then it was like an actual dumpster fire and then I had to go back to work because I took time off and I had to be like it was great yeah 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 I won (laughs) Just lie to everyone. They're like, <laughs> did you get paid? I was like, yeah, they paid for the whole trip. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I had you know? soft shell crab. It's like there's one truth. 
That's yeah. why I'm working on Truth Saturday because they paid for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I but uh, I I think you've you've brought a light to this show that we have yet to see uh, yes, the horse I, world and the comedy world coming together finally. Uh-huh. Oh no! You, Chris, do you have any final questions? No, I I just, you know, it's just a good thought. It's like, you know, I like to think, I mean, who knows, but if we have some young comedians or wannabe comedians or anyone who's interested in comedy out there, I think that's a good PSA. You know, be wary of the comedy festivals, especially the ones that are going to like charge you money to get in and then you're in a competition. I mean, you know, to each their own on the competition front. I'm anti-competition mainly because I never really wrote a great punchline. Um, But... I think there is something to, you know, these 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 festivals convincing comedians that they need to sort of be validated through a contest. Yeah. And then it and then it's a huge letdown later on um, because they're making tons of money off of it. And, uh, you, you know, they don't always pick the funniest person anyway. No, so more of a statement than a question. But it has been a pleasure to have you. Uh, thank you for doing the show. Yeah, uh, Gary, I don't know on. if you have any final thoughts. Check out. Kathleen's pot, the uh-huh. gimme. Yes. It's got more than just horses. It's got passion. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's mostly not horses. Yeah. It's it's it was fantastic doing. I'm it looking when, forward when we to did it. listening to it myself. Um, and uh, you know, if you're out there, make sure to relax your slacks. This has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. See you Are we guys. actually leaving or just ending? <laughs> <laughs>